Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, we're going to start a different series. Might be a two-message series. Might be three, depending. And the title of the series is Preparing to be Spiritually Aggressive. Preparing to be Spiritually Aggressive. And uh, some people that uh, oh, they, that's their, their personality, they, they are aggressive people, and some people are not. Uh, most people probably are not. And I want to change according to the Word of God. I want to be aggressive when I should be aggressive. I want to be meek when I should be meek. Today's message is asking a question. Is it okay to be spiritually confident and bold? Is it okay? Because it takes boldness to be aggressive. It takes confidence to be aggressive. And just a question, is it okay? Scripturally. Is it okay? Meaning. Now, when I thought about the word aggressive, which I'm not, it's like forceful, a forceful action. And sometimes that forcefulness is unprovoked. And that's something that I don't uh, like either because um, a lot of times when you're teaching teaching school, uh, you have uh, people sometimes who are aggressive, and they are forceful, and it's not provoked, and we have names for them sometimes, we call them bullies, and you have them in elementary school, you have them in high school, you have them in definitely junior high school. Uh, that was my first encounter with just people being unprovoked and they just want to take people's lunch. And and I never heard of that. Now, why you want to take somebody's lunch? Why don't you bring your own lunch? And the reason basically is that he's bigger than everybody else, so he just takes somebody's lunch. And he wants to do it. He wants to be aggressive. And sometimes people, most times people follow that type of person. Is God calling us to be spiritually aggressive? I want to have full assurance, which is what is meant by confidence. I want to have, I want to be able to trust and have full assurance of what I do, what I say. And I want to have the freedom to be frank and to speak publicly about what I feel that God is saying. But sometimes I don't have that aggressiveness like I should. So ask God, God, is this of you? 
So that's how the message developed, really. Let's look at uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. Let's start there. Verse 16 through 21. Now this is, the backdrop is that Jesus had been led into the wilderness by the enemy, the devil, to be tempted. He had fasted for 40 days during this time. And when he came out of the wilderness, he ended up going to Nazareth. Let's pick it up there, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue and on the Sabbath he stood up and read. So he entered the synagogue on Sabbath and he stood up to read. Verse 17, and the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he anointed me to preach or proclaim the gospel, the good news, to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and discovery of sight, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Verse 20 says, and he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And I was just meditating this morning on the introduction to this message and this scripture came to me and I said okay Jesus I was thinking that I don't want to be a type of person that I'm not provoked And I am aggressive towards somebody. And that's why the scripture came to me. Because I'm thinking that, well, if the devil doesn't bother me, I won't bother him. Because who wants to be uh, provoking war? If he's not messed with me, my wife, my family church members, uh, that's who God's given me authority to 
help and to minister with, why should I mess with him? And that's when the scripture came to me. You see, because if you think about it, if I'm asking, is it okay to be spiritually confident and bold and preparing to be spiritually aggressive, do I want to really do this? And seeing how I don't want to be aggressive, I don't want to be unprovoked. But then in Scripture, you think of Jesus. Is he laid back in a type of person that, well, if the devil doesn't mess with me, I won't mess with him? Or does he attack him unprovoked because everything belongs to Jesus. The earth and the fullness thereof, everything. So, therefore, when you think about that, Satan started messing in the beginning when he wants to Rise up and be above God. And he's the one who's messing with that which belongs to God because the third of the angels fell. And you think, of, you think about, man, he's leading the, the creation that God created. He's lead, leading them astray. So he was provoked from the beginning. So now, if he's provoked, that means that he doesn't need, he does not need someone, the devil to come and, 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 and provoke him, let's say, when he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. He was provoked before then. And so that's why he can go to a place and he sees someone in need. And he says that, well, let's uh, heal this, this woman here who, who, who's been over and she has a problem here. Uh, and, and, of course, first he was, this is a Sabbath. You don't do that on the Sabbath day. Yeah. Well, he's saying, well, why don't we do that on the Sabbath day? Why don't we? She's a child of Abraham. So he healed her. He he. He does things because we are his. And I appreciate his aggressiveness. And so, therefore, we should be aggressive because he has saved us, brought us out of the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of God. His dear son, the father's done that. So, therefore, our life is hid with Christ in God. So, if our life is hid with Christ in God, and Christ is our life, that means that whatever affects Christ affects us. Because we have been uh, given a commission To go into the world. 
and proclaim the gospel. Just like he was, we are his feet, we're his mouthpiece, and we're supposed to be just like him. So it is okay for me, for you, for any Christian that may be hearing this on the wherever, website, YouTube, Facebook, wherever, it's okay for any Christian to be aggressive without being provoked because we are already provoked anyway because in Psalm it says that God will give Jesus the heathen for his inheritance. That means unsaved. So who's going to get, who's going who's gonna to proclaim liberty to the unsaved? Is it going to be, we'll wait for Jesus to come back again and let him do it? No, we are supposed to do it. Well, do you have to wait to be provoked to do it? Do you have to wait to uh, someone gets sick to pray? Can we pray in a way, like Jesus told us to pray, can we attack the camp of the enemy in a way because we know what he's trying to do? He is trying to do everything and anything to undo what God has done and try to prevent God from doing what he's going to do, but he can't do it. So he messes with us. And so Jesus says, pray for all men, for all to come into the knowledge of the truth, be saved, and come into the knowledge of the truth. So do we have to wait to be provoked? Or can we pray for our family before anything happens to our family? Can we pray for our um, mates before we even have a mate? Can we pray for our children before we ever have any children? We know we're going to pray after we have them. But prayer should be beginning to accomplish whatever God has given us to accomplish. He says it's not good for man to be alone. So if he says that, then, of course, if you want a mate, you need to be praying for him or her. You need to be praying for a mate. And if you want children, you should be praying for children. And you say, well, I do, but uh, it's not up to me. Well, it's up to us to do what God says, and God says to pray. We should always pray. Men ought to always pray and not faint. We should always do that. And we should pray his will, and his will and his word. Uh, his word is his will, and he has his will in his word. So I said, okay, God, I'm supposed to be aggressive. Uh, you're going to have to help me because I'm not an aggressive person. But now I know that I can learn to be, so I've, I'm 
on a quest to learn, okay, God, how do I be more aggressive when I'm not provoked? How, how do I just wake up mad at the devil? How do I do that? Because I'm supposed to give praise always, give thanks always. I'm supposed to pray without ceasing. Um, and so, you know, it's my thought life supposed to be always on something good. And you think, wait a minute. God, I want to now, I, I, I want to be aggressive and I want to wake up mad, but I want to wake up praising you because you, you're the one who uh, kept me through the night. Matter of fact, you're the one gave me sleep. You said you give your beloved sweet sleep. So uh, I will lie down in peace and sleep. So if you're telling me these things and, and I wake up, I want to give you thanks for that. But I also want to wake up mad. So I have a dilemma. And I, through the scripture and through reading the word of God, God has helped me to begin that because Jesus did nothing apart from what his father told him to do or what he saw his father do. And so he has told us to walk in the spirit and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So that tells me that I need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when I wake up. I need to be sensitive. I need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit all day long. And so he will lead me and guide me in what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and all those type of things. So I'm practicing. I've been practicing. I'm still practicing doing that. And I'm practicing improving my intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Because the closer you are to someone, the more you're going to know how they think. You're going to know what they'll say in this situation. You hear them when they are not even speaking. You just sense what they are they are, they, they are thinking. And you know how it is if you're married. You, you know how, how, how it is like that. Or if you uh, are not married, you have, you have parents. Uh, kids know, teenagers know what their parents are thinking. Uh, they don't have to say anything. Sometimes just a look will tell them, okay, I understand. So that's what I'm trying to do. And so I would encourage you, too, to practice that intimacy because that's the only way we're going to be aggressive. That's the only way we're going to be uh, confident, bold, and say what we need to say, when we need to say it, if we are led by the Spirit and senses to the Spirit because that's what Jesus did. He, you, you wonder, so why did he go to this place and all these sick people, they're they, they just laying around and all this stuff, they, they, they're waiting for the angel to come down and, and just stir the water once a year and then, then they'll jump in, the first one jump in and get healed. Why did he come and just heal one person? 
Why not heal them all? Because he was able to heal them all. But you see, he's still led by his father. Whatever the father tells him to do, that's what he does. And then, another case, he, he, he healed everybody, cast out demons. He did everything. Everybody who came to him got what they came for. And it's said in Scripture, in Matthew, it's said in Scripture, that he did this to fulfill what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, that he took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Infirmities are weaknesses from diseases. So not only did he heal their disease, but he took care of the weakness that the disease caused. He took care of that. So when Steve gave a testimony, that's, that's a great thing, Steve, uh, because not only did, is he taking care of the virus itself, COVID-19 is the virus itself, but he's going to take care and he is taking care of the symptoms because he's fulfilling that which is spoken through Isaiah the prophet. And that's what he wants us doing is, is praying for people because we know that if he fulfilled it, it is fulfilled. We know that. So we can be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides us. So I try to do things to create more intimacy. You, 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 you don't create more intimacy. Um, uh, you don't create that intimacy by not talking to your your husband or wife. You don't create in, intimacy by being silent. And everybody knows if you've been married, you know, uh, a long time, you know, maybe a year or two, uh, <laughs> that sometimes when one of you get mad, there's silence. Especially if you're young, and that's what I was when I was got married. I was 22, maybe I was 21. Is if you get mad, you get silent, and and you say, "What's wrong? Nothing. I know something wrong. Won't talk." Uh, and and that's how I was. So um, until I uh, start maturing, and it took Jesus to do that. So I'm saying that I try to talk to the Holy Spirit. I'm encouraging you to do that. Talk to him and and just exchange things. I have an alarm clock on my phone. All of you do. I'm sure you do. Uh, and I finally learned how to set it. And what happens is that uh, sometimes I'll take, take a nap or I'll go to sleep, and, and I, I know I have to get up a certain time because I have to leave and, 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 and go to the doctor's office or whatever, or travel out of town and go to the doctor's office. And and I could set the alarm, but I said, Holy Spirit, uh, please wake me up at uh, such and such time because I have to be down in Chapel Hill uh, by, say, 9 o'clock. Usually it's around, uh, around uh, 7.30. They have to check in. but So I have to leave. Early, early, early in the morning to get there 
And I could set the alarm clock or something and say, Holy Spirit, wake me up. And that helps develop that intimacy with me now. Don't with me. You can do what you want to do. But with me, I like to do things like that because he hears me, he's with me, and he does it. He does it. And I start, you know, and that gives me an opportunity to, you know, to thank him and, and, and all those type of things. And, and uh, so we have this type of relationship where I'm constantly uh, trying to de- develop that intimacy by doing that. And I'm also uh, thanking him about every single thing that happens, every thought that comes to me that, um, that I know is not from me. I said, thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing me that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for telling me that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for waking me up. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for finding my keys for me. All those type of things. Uh, so, because I want to be able to hear him when he says, okay, attack the enemy because he's trying to do this in the body. And if, I don't, if I'm not sensitive to him, I can't hear that. So then how am I going to pray for you if I'm thinking about other stuff and don't have any relationship much with the Holy Spirit to hear him? And so he's telling me to pray for you because you're going to be attacked or the church going to be attacked or somebody going to be attacked uh, that's close to me, then I want to hear it. And I know you want me to hear it. You want me to hear it. And I want you to hear it too. Because he could tell you, hey, pray for Willie. He's about to be attacked. And if you don't hear it, then I might be attacked. So I don't want to be attacked. I've been attacked enough in my lifetime. I don't want to be attacked. And I surely don't want you to be attacked. So uh, I just have the belief that uh, God's going to protect this body because we are praying. We have people praying, and we all are praying. I'm sure we're praying. So that's the developing this intimacy so we can hear him say, uh, I want you to pray for this one. Or uh, I don't want you... Uh, saying anything to this person right here. Just your love. I want to hear him say those things. Let's, let's look at um, 1 John chapter 3. Let's go there. Everyone who practices, I'm going to read this. I'm reading out of the New American Standard. Uh, But I'm going to read it with the notations I put in my Bible, which are the the tenses and all those type of things, because it explains what he's saying a little bit better 
than just reading what it says. In English, I want you to have the Greek understanding also. It says in verse 4, everyone who continues to practice sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. Verse 5. You know that he appeared in order to take away sin. And in him there is no sin. Verse 6. No one who continues to abide in him sins. No one who continues to sin has been has seen him or know him. Now that is so important because in another scripture, we're not going to turn to it, uh, it says that this is eternal life. I'm speaking from John 17. The Gospel of John. This is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now, this is eternal life, it says. So, if eternal life is to know the Father, know the Son, and it says here, in verse 6, no one who continues to abide in him sins. No one who continues to sin has seen him or knows him. That's serious. Little children, make sure no one continues to deceive you. The one who continues to practice righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Speaking of God, he's righteous. Verse 8, the one who continues to practice Sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose. To destroy, and that word destroy means demolish, the works of the devil. The Son of God was Came, he appeared to demolish, demolish the works of the devil. And so if he came to demolish the works of the devil, and the devil is messing with, with you, yours, um, or anything that belongs to God, you need to be, I need to be aggressive and on the attack against Satan. That's what we need to be. We need to. Stop being laid back and attack because he's messing with your family. He's messing with your loved ones. He's messing with your church members. He's messing 
with the world system. He's messing with anything he can mess with. That's what he does. So we, we need to be on the attack. It says in verse 9, No one who is born of God continues to practice sin because his seed, chapter H, his seed abides in him and he cannot continue to sin because he is born of God. Woo, that is so, so awesome. So awesome that he's telling us that we can't not continue to sin. And see, the the scriptures I'm giving you and what I'm saying is warfare information. Because the word of God is powerful. It's alive. Chop it in a two-edged sword, able to divide some of the soul and spirit and, and the thoughts and tents of the heart. And knows. I tell you, the word of God, Jesus used the word of God. And we went back and said, well, what did, it, what did Satan do tempting um, Jesus in the wilderness? Uh, most of you know, you know, he's going to tell him to do something that, that he knows that he shouldn't do. Satan's always trying to get us to do something. That God says, I don't want you to do that. And our recollection, uh, recalling him doing, we recall him doing that. The first person he messed with was the first person God created. And what did he try to do? Mess with his wife. That's what he tried to do. And he says here, that I can't continue to sin. So I don't care when, when Satan starts throwing up stuff for me. Oh, you remember back there in, in uh, 1965 uh, when you were in high school and you did this right here? Well, see, we have to be able to be aggressive and attack him because he's trying to mess with us and we need, we need some warfare to be able to do it with and so we use the word of God. Okay. Well, you remember you used to do this. You used to do that. Well, hey, you know, don't bring up to me all this, this I used to do, I used to do that, because I am not the same person I used to be. I'm born again, and I'm born of God. I'm no longer that person. Well, you know, your father this, and your mother did this, and this. I don't care. That stuff is under the blood. So you have, to, you have to be aggressive and you have to fight. You have to fight. And I'm just not that type of person yet, but I'm going to get there because Minerva sometimes will tell me, are, are, are you fighting for us? And... Um, you know, when something happens or something like that, uh, something that um, he gets sick or whatever situation. And I'm thinking, 
Well, I pray for you. I'm not talking about one of these little laid-back prayers, you know, or one of these uh, blessing prayers, you know. Oh, Lord, bless the food I'm about to receive, cause it to nourish my body. Amen, you know. Uh, bless my wife, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, she told me another morning, hey, um, we, we'll, we'll, we'll start a, a prayer again uh, together, and you need to sit up because you are laying down, and when you lay down, you, you can't be as maybe as forceful as you maybe want to be. And uh, I'm saying, you're right, you know. Because, see, when I'm laying down, I'm praying. Uh, when she prays, I'll be praying in the spirit. And then she said, well, and sometimes if I'm tired, I fall asleep. I know it doesn't happen to you, but it's okay, you know. Um, but if I sit up and then start um, getting mad, you know, because you can, you, can, you can work up some, sometimes, I know you can work up some emotions. We will always do. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything come against us. Um, uh, something, somebody can come against our friend, our best friend, and we will get upset and pick, that, pick up that offense and just like they did it to us. And we can get mad at that other person who messed with our friend. So that's what uh, God is telling me. Uh, when you pray, you get mad because, and work it up, get mad. Just get mad uh, because I'm telling you to pray. I'm telling you to fight. I'm telling you to war. I'm telling you to intercede to stand in the gap. So that means that you need to get serious about this thing. And... Uh, I'm only telling you about me because I know you're already there. And so, um, but you might know somebody who's not there, like me. And, and this, this message can help them. And that's what he's telling me. Be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive. And he says in verse 10, by this, what's this? What I just said. No one who's born of God practices sin because his seed, God's seed, abides in him. And he cannot continue to sin because he's born of God. He's reborn. He's rebirthed. He's not, he, he, he doesn't have the same nature he used to have. By this, that I'm telling you, I have told you, and this is what I'm getting ready to tell you. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Oh. Oh, we can know who the children of God is and who the children of the devil is. We can know that. Because he says it's obvious. Anyone who does not Continue to practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother is not of God either. Okay, God, you are stepping on my toes, so I need to get get myself. 
recalibrated here. And I think we all do because God is telling us something here. In uh, the Gospel of John, let's look there. In the Gospel of John, verse 8, chapter 8, Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 44. Let's go to 44. It says, you are of your father, the devil. And he's talking to the Jews who had laid on him. If, if you went back to the first verse, you'll see that. He's not talking to uh, the children of God. He's not talking to anybody um, but those Jews. He said, you are the, you're of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Now, we that means that Anything the devil puts in our minds, anything anybody says that's against this word of God is not of the truth. If they are not of the truth, they are not of God. And if they are not of truth, then we know the devil is influencing them because he's not speaking the word. That's why Jesus could say, Get behind me, Satan. But he's talking not to the person. He's talking to the enemy who's influencing the person to say something about you're not going to go to the cross or whatever he's going to say that's not the truth. So we have to be able to recognize the truth. And if we're going to recognize it, that means that we have to be in this word enough to know the truth so that if we hear something and it passes through these ears and it's not lining up with his word, that's not true. That's not true. That's not the word of God. If it's not the word of God, then it's, it's coming from the enemy. And I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to stand here and listen to that. And we can do that in a lot of different situations because even if a person uh, comes to you and starts talking about another person, you know, Sally Sue, uh, she, uh, I don't know why she's like that, but she, she does it. She said this about you. I don't tell I said that. Now, this is just between me and you. But uh, Sally Sue, she, uh, she said this about you. And well, see, God doesn't want us listening to what Sally Sue said if Sally Sue is saying something that's against this word of God. And my Bible reads that we should think the best of all people. And we should not be critical of people just because they're not like we are. 
My Bible reads that if I don't love my brother, I'm not even of God. I read it. I read it to you. That's what it said. Neither he does not love his brother. So if we're going to talk about our brothers and sisters in the Lord, then we must be talking from the devil's camp. And so we need to uh, use the word of God again and say, God, um, I sin, forgive me my sin, because I, I said about that about I don't want uh, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you, cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That's what that's what He says. That's word too. That's the truth. So, just because we make mistakes and we do make mistakes sometimes, we make mistakes. But the scripture tell me, I don't need to continue to doing that. Cause, and he said, tell what, matter of fact, the word of God tells us that we cannot continue to sin. That's what he tells me. I cannot continue to sin because God's seed is in me. And therefore, I can't continue to sin. There's no way you're going to plant apples. Apples, you, you plant, you just plant Apples, you just plant it, you plant it, whatever you want to plant. You plant anything you want to plant, and then you're going to get something different. It's not going to happen. Because God made it so. Whatever you plant, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. That's what it says. Let's go to uh, First John. Let's go back first. First John, let's go there. And let's look at what he says here in chapter 8. No, chapter 4. Let's go to chapter 4. First John, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. It said, Beloved, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because Many false prophets have gone out into the world. Let's go down to verse 4. It says, you are from God, little children. And and think about that. He just told them in verse 1, he said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Then it says in that verse 4, you are from God, little children. That's encouraging. And have overcome them. And the them above in the first one, two, three, he's talking about the false prophets, talking about uh, people who uh, don't uh, acknowledge that Jesus Christ has uh, come in the flesh. Uh, you know, it's talking about the Antichrist coming in, and the spirit of Antichrist is even in the world. They, th- those are the first three verses. And so verse 4 says, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because this is, this is weapons right here. This is, this is warfare. This is stuff you use when you get mad. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 
And so, so the enemy can come and he can try to say, well, well, you did this and you can do that. You do this and you, can, you can't do this. You, you can't avoid this. Uh, you can't stop me from doing this because, because this has happened. Uh, no, 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 no. Get behind me because, because you have nothing to do with God's property. And if you keep going, what you're going to do is make my father upset. Because I'm in his son. It says so that, that my life is here with Christ in God. So you're going to keep messing around until your time going to come before it should come. Because, you know, remember the demon said that. You know, Jesus, Jesus, uh, 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 you coming before uh, time that you... He comes, and you better know that he'll come. So, so when, 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 when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, Satan's going to get back. He's going to get back. And so you know, as well as I know, in the natural, that, that you can take God's creation in the animal world. Don't mess with an animal's little one. Because you're going to mess around and get attacked by the parent. That's what's going to happen. So, so if you see uh, a little one, you know, kind of running around like even a little skunk. You see a little one, don't be grabbing, holy, oh, he's so cute. You know, because you might make the, make the uh, mother mad and you get squirted. And you don't want to do that. And, and the little ones will learn how to squirt too. So... So, so you just don't mess with. If you don't mess with animals, you know, and you know in real life, you can, you can talk about a lot of, a lot of people. But you mess around and talk about a mother's child, and find out how much they're gonna uh, listen to you. It's not gonna happen. You're gonna get attacked. And so, that's the same way. It is in the spirit realm. Uh, we have to know that God sees everything we do, hears everything we say, knows every thought before we think it. He knows everything. And you know it to be true. And you can't say he can't know everything, everybody all over the world, if he knows how many hairs on your head now compared to what it was this morning before you got up, then and you combed your hair and you know something fell out. So you know that he knows everything. He knows everything. So I'm saying in this message that we are going to start, and, and that's what God has to do, start being more aggressive spiritually. I'm not talking about naturally. I'm talking about spiritually. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go over some weapons. We're going we're gonna to just get, get fired up to do warfare to protect that which God has given us and to protect one another and protect other Christians. Protect this nation. Do you think that 
the unsaved going to protect this nation? They can't protect this nation. They can't protect themselves. So God leads it up to us to pray for our nation, to do what he tells us to do, we're led to do by his spirit in order to uh, keep what's ours and take back territory that the enemy has stolen. That's what he wants us to do. And I want you to be with me in that uh, because God has given it to me and I'm going to proclaim it. And I'm going to do it by the grace of God because I can do nothing apart from him. So I'm not saying it in uh, ignorant boldness. I'm saying it in humble boldness. I'm leaning upon God because he's the one who has to give me the strength to do it. He has to be the one to change me. I cannot change myself. I cannot be aggressive if I don't have that natural tendency. But he can, he can cause it to be there when it's needed. Jesus had everything he needed. He was not aggressive unless the father told him, you get aggressive against these right here. He wasn't aggressive towards the woman who had an issue of blood. He wasn't aggressive towards one who was caught in the act of adultery. He's meek when he has to be meek. He's aggressive when he has to be aggressive. So, let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.